Hi, I'm Matt Donnelly, and this is your Indianapolis Colts versus the Denver Broncos Thursday night football game preview. We got the Indianapolis Colts heading into Denver this week. As both teams, they are coming to this contest fresh off divisional losses. The Colts, they dropped a home contest last week to the Tennessee Titans 27-17 to drop the record to 1-2-1 on the season, while the Denver Broncos, they lost in Las Vegas 32-23 to drop their record to an even 2-2. Two what makes both those losses even more painful right now is along the way, both these teams lost their lead backs. One out for a long time, one out for a short period of time. We'll dive into that here in just a second. But first, we are going to start with the quarterback position, Matt Ryan. Now, the good news is Matt Ryan, he ranks fourth in passing yards this season with 1,125, trailing only Justin Herbert, Josh Allen, and Jared Goff. Yeah, Jared Goff, top four passer right now in the National Football League. He also has a very respectable 7.3 yards per attempt. Now, the bad news with Matt Ryan, he has as many interceptions this season, five, as he has touchdowns, and he has now fumbled the ball nine times this season, losing three of them. I can think of a few other things I'd rather invest $35 million into, but hey, that's just me, plus I'm pretty frugal. Now, Danico Autry last week against his Colts team, he pretty much had his way with Matt Ryan and this offensive line. Now, back in 2020, Phillip Rivers, he was sacked just 19 times for the entire season. So far, through four games this season, Matt Ryan has already been sacked 15 times, and he has lost a total of 117 yards due to those sacks, not to mention the turnovers there. Now, Carson Wentz, he's probably not looking so bad nowadays, is he now, Indianapolis? Now, against the Titans last week, Matt Ryan went 27-37 to for 356 yards and two touchdowns. So when the ball... So when he's able to get the ball in the right player's hands, he's doing pretty good with that. Derek Carr and the Las Vegas Raiders, they decided to go with more of a balanced approach last week against the Denver Broncos. Vegas had been throwing the ball nearly 73% of the time heading into last week's matchup there. And it was more of a 50-50 split between the run game and the pass game, which turned out to work out pretty darn good for the Raiders in last week's contest. Now, Derek Carr, he had to swallow his pride a little bit there. He went 21 of 34 on his passing for the season-low 188 yards. Matt Ryan is going to need to elude Bradley Chubb this week, who leads his Broncos team with three sacks on the season. Draymond Jones and Randall Gregory, they each have a pair. Now, Randall Gregory there, he's going to miss the next couple of weeks. He had a minor procedure done on his knee after last week's game, so he will not be able to play in this contest. As a team, the Broncos, they have 11 sacks and held opposing quarterbacks to just three touchdowns, 771 passing yards, and just 11.34 fantasy points per game. Now let's give Matt Ryan his due. He is one of just eight quarterbacks in NFL history to record at least 60,000 passing yards, and he was the second fastest to do this. But Amazon Prime, they did the man dirty. They're putting up that Jonathan Taylor, Russell Wilson graphic there at the end of Sunday Night Football, you know, where Jonathan Taylor is wearing that nice, beautiful jersey number 28, and Russell Wilson wears three, 28, three. Russell Wilson, no matter where you turn, no matter where you look, Russell Wilson is going to be compared to Geno Smith this season, all season long. It's just the nature of the beast here. It's just the nature of the business. Right now, Russell Wilson, he has not lived up to expectations. Well, Geno Smith is doing things in Seattle that no one could have predicted. In fact, Denver was hoping that Russell Wilson, the one that they paid all that money to, would be doing what Geno Smith is doing in Seattle, but with the Denver Broncos. Now, we know that Eli Manning basically said they gave about $235 million. We've been better off investing that in a punter after that game against San Francisco. Well, Wilson did kind of mention that he's 3-0 against Chad Powers, but you know what? He's only 2-2 on the season right now after losing last week in Vegas. 
after it looked like the Broncos' offense would finally start clicking in that first half, it completely fell apart in the second, and both Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy were held to a single reception apiece. Indianapolis is right in the middle of the pack when it comes to fantasy points allowed at the quarterback position, allowing 874 passing yards and seven touchdowns this season for an average of 16.49 fantasy points per game. Wilson is coming off his best fantasy game to date this season there, in which he threw for a couple touchdowns. He ran one in. He had over 27 fantasy points against that Raiders team. We know that Matt Ryan has been sacked 15 times. That's well documented. But Russell Wilson is getting sacked on average of three times per game. That's 12 times this season. And Quidi Paye there leads the Colts with three sacks and five tackles for loss. Now, the Colts as a team, they have not been able to get to the quarterback so far this season as they've only sacked opposing quarterbacks seven times. Now, here's where the carnage begins for both these teams, and it is at the running back position. Starting with the Indianapolis Colts, Jonathan Taylor has that low ankle sprain slash turf toe slash whatever else is possibly being reported right now. Prior to injuring his ankle, Taylor was not getting the job done against his Titans defense, which limited him to 2.1 yards per carry on 20 attempts which is even worse than his previous lowest output of the season of his career, and that was just the week prior to that. Now, Taylor historically has been a slow starter and a strong finisher. Through four weeks this season, Taylor sits as the RB22 there in fantasy, producing 328 yards on the ground along with a single score. Back in 2021, if you recall, Taylor was the RB20 through the first uh, four weeks there. He finished as the RB1, and then back in 2020, he was the RB16, and he would end up finishing as the RB6 that rookie season. Now, Taylor, he has a chance to play this week, albeit a very small chance. But after seeing what Josh Jacobs and this Raiders team did against the Broncos as far as the run game is concerned, you have to feel encouraged if Taylor, in fact, is able to play. That all said, poor production to date, plus an injury. That leaves fantasy managers right now. I'd say, you know what, temper those expectations. I'd actually probably sit Jonathan Taylor, even if he does decide to give it a go for the Colts. Now, talking to some people much smarter than I am that have like gone to school for medical type stuff, Taylor this week, he's probably closer doubtful than possible. And he's not just dealing with that ankle injury. He has a mild case of turf toe. If Taylor is unable to go, Naeem Hines seems like the natural fit to be the lead back there in Indianapolis. Now, it's going to be a committee here approach. We know how that's all going to get done. And Naeem Hines, he did voice a little bit of frustration here not too long ago. After the loss to the Titans, Naeem Hines had this to say, not an excuse, but every year we have a new quarterback. So each year we have growing pains while we sit here and watch Tennessee, which has always had Tannehill there his entire career. And each year we are restarting and we have to turn the page. I'm getting a sense here that Naeem Hines is probably not the biggest Matty Ice fan right now. Now, if Taylor can't go, like I said, Committee approach. It's going to be Hines. It's going to be Deion Jackson who are splitting the carries. Last week, look at the numbers here that the Broncos did allow to Josh Jacobs there, who ran for 134 yards and two scores while adding an additional 31 yards on five receptions. I'm not sure if Hines will see that kind of volume in the run game, but we know Hines can be an effective pass catcher out of the backfield, probably despite not being used as often as he should be so far this season. In fact, Jonathan Taylor has actually ran more routes than Naeem Hines has this season. Now, Hines has 17 receptions on 19 targets through four weeks, but only saw three targets last week against Tennessee. Fun fact, in 20 games in which Hines has recorded at least 10 touches, Hines has averaged 14.5 fantasy points. Now, turning your attention to the Denver Broncos in that backfield, hey, it is bad news all the way across the board here. Javante Williams pretty much tore every possible ligament in that knee. He's got the ACL there, the PCL, the LCL. That's all gone. 
I mean, he's probably closer to being ready in 2024 than he is in 2023. He's going to be ready in 2023, but when is probably the better question. Now, turning your attention, what's that mean? That means Melvin Gordon needs to step up. Melvin Gordon's probably going to be that guy right now. If you remember the program where he kind of had to walk around the field there through practice, through the campus, carrying that ball around while the rest of the team tried to strip him the ball, that's probably what's going to go happen throughout the week here leading up to Thursday Night Football there with Melvin Gordon. He's going to have to carry that ball around practice through the facility all the time, and his teammates are probably going to be trying to strip that ball away from him. Now, he's going to be heavily countered on here now that Williams has been lost for the season. After the game, and this is why I believe in Melvin Gordon. Gordon said it doesn't matter if he's trying to do too much. What matters is putting this team in a better position and making plays. He knows he needs to be better. He knows where he's been falling short right now. And for me, Melvin Gordon is that professional that's going to get it right sooner rather than later. Now, many out there, they're calling for the Mike Boone era to begin here in Denver. Now, I'm a big believer in Melvin Gordon. What he said in that press conference, that somber type of approach there, he knows he needs to do what he needs to do. He has to be better if the Denver Broncos are to make the playoffs. So expect a healthy dose of Melvin Gordon in this contest as they take on a defense that just allowed Derrick Henry to run for 114 yards on 22 carries and also added three receptions for 33 yards. Guess what? Derrick Henry doesn't usually catch passes out of the backfield, so that's something that this team, this Broncos team, can take advantage of this week. Now, if Mike Boone does get a little play there, Javante Williams, we talked about him. He's out for the season. Melvin Gordon, he has been in the doghouse because of those security concerns with the ball. So Mike Boone, guess what? He's been ineffective with his limited opportunity as well. Denver's going to need to find a way to get this run game going or else this offense is going to continue to struggle, much like it did after Williams went down in that second half of the game here last week. After Javante Williams went down there with that injury, Melvin Gordon fumbled. Boone saw 65% of the snaps to Gordon's 19%, including three carries and three targets to go along with six of seven Broncos snaps on third and fourth down. Now looking at the wide receivers for this contest, Indianapolis Colts style, if last week's Patrick Sertain versus Devontae Adams head-to-head matchup is any indication of what we are going to see this week, I may be fading Michael Pittman. Look, six foot two, 220-pound corners aren't supposed to move the way that Patrick Sertain does. The hips don't lie. He has got it all going on there. Now, Sertain broke up as many passes last week facing Devontae Adams as he allowed in coverage. He held Adams to four receptions on 46 yards on eight targets, and he allowed just a 67.71 passer rating. Matt Ryan, we know that he loves to force-feed his top targets. Look, on the season alone, Pittman has seen 28 targets, and he's missed a game due to injury. Ashton Doolin is second amongst these receivers with 17 targets. If Ryan continues to try and force the ball to Pittman with Sertain in coverage, one of the three things is going to happen, and two of them, they're not good. If Patrick Chetain is shadowing Michael Pittman, then in all likelihood, we're going to see Ronald Darby on Alec Pierce this week. In the previous two weeks, Pierce has seven receptions there, produced 141 yards. With Pittman dealing with a difficult matchup, someone, somewhere has to step up along the way, especially if Taylor is unavailable this week. In the last two contests against the Titans and the Chiefs, Pierce has flashed some things that these Colts offense drastically needs moving forward. And Paris Campbell, he's not giving that right now. And Paris Campbell, he's actually probably behind these tight ends when it comes to the fantasy production pecking order here in Indianapolis. He played just 44 of 66 snaps a week ago there. If Indianapolis continues to have issues protecting Matt Ryan, those snaps are likely to decrease even further there as the Colts are likely to start going with a little bit more of a 12 personnel. Denver is only allowing 24.35 
fantasy points per contest to the receiver position and have only allowed 474 yards receiving and a touchdown to the position this season, which is among the top three defenses in the league in those categories. Now for the Denver Broncos, Cortland Sutton. Sutton is no longer a stranger to the touchdown game here. He's no longer touchdownless after finding the end zone in the first half of last week's contest against the Las Vegas Raiders. Sutton has averaged 16.2 fantasy points per contest and now sits inside the top 12 amongst fantasy receivers this season. When Wilson has looked to push that ball down the field, he has looked Sutton's way as his 343 receiving yards since just 7th in the National Football League. Sutton has seen at least a 29% target share in each of his last three contests while finishing inside the top 20 for fantasy in each of those weeks while providing 425 air yards, which currently sits 5th in the NFL with a 40% share of the Broncos air yards to date. Jerry Judy doesn't have those numbers. Let's put it honestly. I'm not going to, I'm not even, I'm going to be blunt about that. Jerry Judy, I'm going to predict that Jerry Judy, he's probably not going to call anyone short or take a shot of anyone's height here this week. In the first half there against the Raiders, Judy had three catches for 52 yards, including that touchdown. But after the half, Jerry Judy was limited to just one catch, one yard on two targets. He's got to be better if this Broncos offense wants to get cooking. And finally here, as far as receivers are concerned, how about give us some love to K.J. Hamler? Anytime K.J. Hamler makes a play, I am going to talk about it. I mean, this guy, this kid, he has gone through so much the last couple seasons. They're on the field, off the field, battling injuries, battling whatever else you could possibly imagine. His first catch of the season was a 55-yard bomb from Wilson, in which Wilson underthrew or else he would have been in the end zone. Now, hopefully we get to see more of Hamler out of the slot. His speed and quickness from that slot position are going to create mismatches in which this offense can look to exploit, especially moving forward if they're looking to replace some of that production loss from the Javante Williams injury. As tough as the Broncos have been on opposing receivers in fantasy, the Colts have been just as tough if not even better, allowing just 456 yards to receivers, but they have allowed three touchdowns at 25.53 fantasy points per game. And finally, the tight end position here, Moelle Cox, Jelani Woods there for the Colts. Don't look now, but Moelle Cox is flirting with tight end one territory here when it comes to fantasy production, averaging 8.7 fantasy points per contest. Yes, the tight end position is a complete wasteland when it comes to fantasy. The Broncos have only allowed 180 yards to tight ends so far this season, but they have allowed two touchdowns in four contests. Last week, Ali Cox caught six, all six of his targets there for 85 yards and two touchdowns, while Johnny Woods, who had been scoring touchdowns the previous weeks, had one catch for 33. Now for the Denver Broncos, this tight end, whatever they got going on here, it is ugly. Albert O, there's nothing to see here. Literally, I've been down on Albert O all offseason, and last week, he saw just one snap the entire game. Eric Saubert there for crying out loud caught one pass for 25 yards and played 41 snaps. Entering week five, Greg Dolchich is available to be activated from the IR, which rubs salt a little bit deeper into the wounds of those who are true Albert O. Truthers. Even some dude named Eric Tomlinson had 24 snaps. So the way I see it, Albert O. Has, can do one of two things. Either he changes his name to Eric prior to this game on Thursday, or he fakes an injury now to avoid further embarrassment of being a healthy scratch. What makes things worse is that the Colts allow 17.78 fantasy points per game to the tight end position on the season, which is the seventh most, while allowing four touchdowns, which is the second most so far. With that all being said, if you like to score, if you like to score more, you need to head to fantasypoints.com today 
Use promo code 22VIPERS10. Get 10% off any subscription that they have out there. That's college football. That's the NFL, DFS. You name it. We got you covered there. We'll see you next time.